This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. Trump's Supreme Court appointment promises to energize the turnout for the midterm elections. But which side will be energized more? Political prisoner Paul Manafort is in solitary confinement for one reason and one reason only because he was associated with the Trump campaign. And at a needed bit of good news, more of those trap boys in Thailand have been brought out of the cave. With these stories and more from a nationalist perspective, I'm Jim Dawes, and this is America First Radio's Daily Brief. And thank you for joining America First Radio. This conversation never ends. You can follow us on Twitter at AmFirst Radio and friend us on Facebook at America First Radio with Jim Dawes. Then you can weigh in on the conversation, start an argument, and get early notifications as soon as these shows are posted. America First Radio is proudly carried on the Talk America Radio Network and Mojo 5.0 on the Dash Radio Network, the new dominant force in conservative talk radio where you can listen to their live feed 24-7 at talkamericaradio.us or mojo5.0.com. And America First Radio is broadcast each weeknight at 11 p.m. Eastern on Talk America affiliates in Florida and Georgia. But if you miss a broadcast, you can always listen on demand on your favorite podcast directory or directly at our website at americafirstradio.com. Well, um, you know, one of the problems of having a, a news brief and comment show uh, of one hour is that uh, in the age of Trump, there's just so much news going on each and every day. And, uh, and today is no different. Uh, we've got this really great news out of Thailand that, uh, that the divers, um, eight of them foreign divers, uh, I think some of those include U.S. Navy SEALs, as well as uh, English uh, cave divers, very specialized skill indeed, along with five members of the Thailand SEAL team. That sort of strikes your uh, clangs on your ears, a uh, Thailand SEAL team, but I guess uh, they are trying to uh, emulate uh, the U.S. Navy SEAL teams, which uh, obviously evolved from the, uh, from the frogmen, uh, the old divers, uh, uh, underwater demolition technicians is how it all started. But anyway, uh, these uh, these very skilled uh, divers and uh, and cave divers have uh, have really um, put together a, a, an uplifting story of uh, human endeavor and uh, human uh, uh, determination. Uh, one in finding these kids that were uh, trapped on a small ledge uh, three miles inside this mountain on the northern border of Thailand. Um, and, and even more so being able to bring them out, uh, mount this rescue operation. And it's been going on, uh, the rescue operation has been going on in earnest for about a week now. They brought the first four kids out, uh, on, um, on Sunday, what, what we would know is, uh, are the early uh, wee hours of uh, Sunday morning. They're almost, uh, 12, exactly 12 hours behind us over there in Thailand. And then, um, on based on the uh, the experience uh, that they had gained from that, we're able to remove four more uh, boys this morning, uh, Monday morning, um, in the wee hours, and um, and mo- remove them uh, much quicker uh, than they were uh, before. So they've got eight of these uh, these kids out now. There are four more kids, and they're a twenty five year old coach that remain. And, uh, and they're, they're getting some help because the, uh, the monsoon, uh, rains that, uh, had started on Sunday have, uh, have, um, paused now, uh, that gives them even more opportunity to pump more water out of the cave, uh, 
network. They've uh, they've installed a um, a temporary ba- uh, dam at the entrance to the cave that's uh, keeping water from flowing uh, down the hill into the cave, and they've uh, diverted that water away. And uh, they've got pumps going constantly. That the more they can bring down that water level, the uh, shorter the dives uh, need to be between uh, the points in the cave that are uh, entirely underwater and have no uh, no surface area. But it really is uh, uh, quite an inspiring uh, operation. Um, people inside the cave say that the, the way they're doing it, uh, and you have to keep in mind that none of these boys know how to swim, even, much less dive. They're putting a, a mask regulator combination on the boys, um, and they are uh, being carried out uh, on on the bottom of uh, one of the professional divers. Now, both of them are not able to fit through in all of the areas, so at some points the uh, the diver is having to disconnect from the child, uh, go through the opening, and then um, and then pull the boy through. Uh, and there's a a, a a tender diver following them to uh, to help with that particular phase of the operation. But uh, we can only uh, keep praying and uh, keep um, you know positive thoughts. Uh, that this operation will continue as uh, as this template that they've put together, and that tomorrow we will have all four of the boys out, and I'm sure uh, that they have uh, divers that are staying on the um, uh, the place where they found uh, the the boys uh, to to uh, stay with the coach, and he will uh, probably be the last, well, almost assuredly be the last one out. So. Uh, so a nice bit of good news, you know, something to watch in the uh, on the news that's uplifting and inspirational. It's not this constant uh, hysteria uh, that the left has kicked up. And, of course, their latest rationale for hysteria is, uh, is going to be uh, the, the uh, Supreme Court pick that President Trump makes tonight. Now, uh, for those of you listening on the terrestrial radio stations on our uh, radio network in Florida and Georgia, I'm going to have to admit to you that uh, I am uh, pre-recording this show because I've got to make an airport run uh, today, and uh, I will not be able to be in front of the microphone uh, after uh, 9 o'clock when Trump is scheduled to make his move. We're, we're still going to comment. <laughs> A lack of knowledge never stopped me from commenting. But uh, we're still going to comment on the implications of the uh, Supreme Court pick, uh, both for the prospects of confirmation of the pick and also for the upcoming midterm elections. But uh, we will not have direct knowledge of who the pick will be until tomorrow's show when uh, when we really get specific on this. But um, the president is said to have weighed uh, uh, or uh, uh, reduced the uh, possibilities to two candidates um we don't know which ones they are for sure obviously but um i'm hoping uh, myself that it will be um the uh, judge barrett uh the um the professor at notre dame who was recently appointed to um to the uh seventh u.s district court of appeals I really like Judge Barrett. She is a uh, a mother of five, and she also has two adopted children. Uh, she is a strict constructionist, and uh, I like the fact uh, that it uh, it forces the Democrats to really tip their hand and and put a lie to all of this notion that they support women. They don't support women who uh, who disagree with them. They only support women who are uh, you know on on their team. They like to claim all women, but, you know, almost 50 percent of women do not subscribe to the Democratic Party or, or the progressive agenda or their progressive agenda. And uh, and you, you don't you know, you don't need to um, be that insightful to see the way that they'll attack oh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders or Kellyanne Conway or Ivanka Trump or anybody, you know, that's not on their uh, uh, not with their agenda. Uh, while at the same time they like to claim to be uh, strong supporters of women. But uh, Judge Barrett is a strict constitutionalist. Uh, I think uh, she would be a, a good uh, addition to the court to 
uh, to uh, start balancing out uh, the uh, the females on the left side of the court, um, uh, Ginsburg, Kagan, and Sotomayor, um, with with um, you know a strong um, rational voice for the law. So, you know, we've uh, we've been treated all weekend to more of these uh, deranged leftists attacking people in public. They uh, they chased uh, Mitch McConnell outside a restaurant there in Louisville, Kentucky, and were shouting, you know, uh, that they knew where he lived and uh, implying threats and calling him names and, uh, you know, calling for the abolishment of ICE. Uh, a woman started screaming at Steve Bannon when he was at a, a bookstore in Richmond, Virginia. The, uh, the owner uh, told her to leave, and when she refused to leave, um, the, the bookstore owner called the police, which has made the bookstore owner now a target of these, uh, these lunatic leftists, uh, with, uh, Felipe Reigns, this former Clinton advisor, you may have seen him. He looks like, um, he looks like a hobbit. Um, but for some reason they put him on the air at Fox news pretty regularly so that uh, people can beat up on him basically. But Philippe, Felipe Reigns. Um, doxed this bookstore owner on Twitter, sent out her her name, her address, and her phone number, and encouraged these leftists to uh, to start hounding her. It's it's really just uh, it, it's gotten to the point where it's totally and completely out of hand. We'll talk more about that and uh, later on in the show. But uh, coming up after these messages, uh, let's see what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about. Uh, um, well, we'll talk about the Supreme Court pick. We'll talk about Mueller's, uh, pit bull, uh, Andrew Weissman, who's got, uh, Paul Manafort locked up in solitary confinement, uh, as a political prisoner. We'll be back with those topics and more right after these messages on America First Radio. Well, the debate over the Trump Supreme Court pick is raising the uh, the third rail of American politics, and that is abortion and reproductive rights. Uh, and it is exciting uh, the base of uh, both the Democrat and the Republican Party on both sides. And the question is becoming, um, you know, whose base is this going to excite more? And can uh, Trump's pick avoid um, having to address this issue directly like other Supreme Court picks have in the past, or will, uh, will uh, Susan Collins and, uh, and Senator Murkowski of Alaska uh, try to enforce her uh, to make some positive uh, declaration of support of Roe versus Wade in order to get their votes? You know, on the issue of abortion, I, I, uh, there's not many things in, uh, uh, in uh, the world of politics that I don't talk about, I try to avoid uh, the subject of abortion, and not because I don't have strong feelings on it, and not because I'm not pro-life, uh, because, uh, but because the fact of the matter is I don't have a, a uterus, and I'm never going to actually be um, uh, faced with that issue myself. I love babies, and uh, any opportunity uh, I have to, uh, to father a child, I will certainly, uh, thankfully, um, you know, uh, do that with my, uh, with my beautiful wife, actually <laughs> those days are past, but, uh, I, I just wanted to, um, you know, affirm how much the, I value life personally and, uh, how much I uh, am thankful, uh, for women's ability to, uh, to create life. But I try to, you know, keep my mouth shut, uh, on the, the actual topic because, the truth of the matter is there uh, you know, are, are plenty of women who are better uh, equipped um, both insightfully uh, and also you know, credibly uh, to make that argument than I am. And I'm perfectly happy to allow them uh, to make those arguments. 
So when I'm talking here about, you know, uh, this Supreme Court pick, I'm, I'm not uh, weighing in on the uh, moral question of uh, abortion. What I am is uh, talking about uh, the political implications of this, uh, this battle that's, uh, that's shaping up. Uh, the Democrats are absolutely convinced that this issue is going to energize their base and drive their, their base to the polls. I think they're basing this off of, uh, off of, uh, opinion polls, uh, that, uh, that were, you know, taken, uh, back, uh, shortly after Roe was, uh, uh, was ruled upon, uh, and in the eighties and nineties and may not be looking at the current state of public opinion, uh, after we've had these advances, in science and technology that show that, uh, you know, um, a child in the womb is viable far earlier than, uh, anybody ever believed. And, uh, and these awful, um, images that we have seen, um, of the aftermath of, uh, these late term abortions that the, the Democrat is, uh, Democrat party is totally committed to. So I'm not. I, I do believe it will energize a portion of their base. I, I think that it will also energize an equally large portion of the Republican base, if not more so. Uh, but uh, more than anything else, what I would like is uh, that that the restoration of a court uh, that makes judicial uh, rulings based on the Constitution. You know, and if that means that uh, Roe versus Wade doesn't stand up, and um, you know, a lot of jurists that uh, whose opinion I respect say that uh, Roe was a junk law, that it was um, it was uh, decided um, uh, first, and then a rationale, a legal rationale, was uh, constructed to try to support uh, the ruling, uh, Harry Blackman's ruling. Uh, actually, Harry Blackman's uh, um, staff were the ones that wrote it. Uh, uh, the history says that uh, Harry Blackman didn't uh, didn't participate that much in the writing of the ruling. But uh, you know, Trump said during the campaign that he was going to appoint strict constructionalists, and that would likely mean that Roe would fall. Um, in this case, I'm more concerned with uh, returning the Supreme Court to its original intent of construct or uh, construing the Constitution and making rulings. And if uh, if that returns this issue to the states, then uh, then this then it is a state matter. Uh, Katrina Pearson, I've got some clips here. Katrina Pearson was on uh, one of the shows on Fox and was talking about. Uh, you know, the fact that uh, none of this can come as a surprise. Nobody can say that Donald Trump pulled a, pulled a fast one on them or deceived them because he uh, he ran on a list of nominees that he would um, appoint to the Supreme Court when he had the opportunity uh, well in advance so that people uh, so that the voters could consider uh, that in their vote in advance. Everything is doom and gloom with this president. It started with the election. If Trump is elected, we're all going to die. There's going to be nuclear war. It's the end of our days as we know it. And every single day, this president has done nothing but deliver on his campaign promises to the people who elected him, which, by the way, happened to be a lot of people. So this idea somehow that the president's going to make a bad pick when he actually campaigned on many of these people and their policies, which are simply just originalist people that want to follow the Constitution, mm -hmm. um, I think this is simply a projection by the left because they are the ones that like to put in judges who actually legislate from the bench. It's not the right. We just simply want to have a Supreme Court that's going to read the Constitution and interpret it accordingly. Wouldn't that be great? The the uh, Democrats want no part of that. What they want is the um, uh, the so-called litmus test. They want to know <clears throat> how uh, this nominee is going to rule before um, before they've heard the case or uh, considered the arguments. And uh, and if he doesn't rule on their side of the question, then they want to disqualify him. This is Elise Hoag. She is the uh, uh, executive director of the National Association of um, uh, what is it? National Abortion Rights League, NARAL, um, appearing on Dana Prino's show on Fox. 
to the Supreme Court nomination. So I, I take your point that what President Trump said in the campaign and then what he says now is that he's not going to ask the people that he's interviewed for this possible position. But I want you to listen to two recent Supreme Court nominees and how they answered questions in Senate hearings about Roe v. Wade. Can you tell me whether Roe was decided correctly? Senator, again, I would tell you that Roe versus Wade decided in 1973. Versus Gorsuch. Is a president of the United States Supreme Court. It has been reaffirmed. In your opinion, is Roe settled law? The court's decision so in or. Planned Parenthood versus Casey reaffirmed the core holding of Roe. That is the precedent of the court and settled in terms of the holding of the court. So those two seem very similar to me. They're different from the ideological perspective. And if the new nominee actually were to answer it in that way, would that be satisfactory to you? Because President Trump changed the rules of the game when he put the litmus test on uh, the Supreme Court nominee, we think that there is actually, we need an affirmative declaration, right? We need, and I think even Susan Collins said this when she said she needs to see a nominee demonstrate their commitment to upholding Roe versus Wade and keeping abortion legal. But even Ruth- so the left side is going to insist on the so-called affirmative declaration of support of a law before they've ever set and heard it in order to try to get onto the court. <clears throat> Actually, what Trump said during the campaign was that he was going to appoint strict constitutionalists, and uh, that would likely mean that uh, Roe would not stand up to that. Of course, we've got this issue of, uh, of precedent and so-called starry decisis, settled law. Uh, but what I've noticed is uh, each side uh, wants settled law when they agree with a ruling. Uh, they want uh, that that uh, that law revisited uh, when they disagree with it. So, uh, stare decisis I think is a, a more of a talking point than an actual reality. How much time have we got? I want I want you to hear this clip. Uh, this is a beautiful thing. This is um, this is campus reform uh, going out to a university in New York City and uh, interviewing students uh, of this university. And uh, with the uh, notion that this pick has already taken place and asking these students their opinion of the pick. I'm Calvin Phillips with Campus Reform. Today we're in New York City talking to students about President Trump's Supreme Court pick. The only thing is he hasn't made that pick yet. Will people still have opinions on who it was, though? Let's find out. I think the big thing that's been in the news today, the Supreme Court, Justice Kennedy stepping down. So there's a, a vacancy. Um, all week, people were worried about who it was going to be. This week, he made his announcement. What's your reaction to the, the, the justice that he nominated today? I'm honestly not surprised by his choice, but yeah. that's just worse for us. I just saw the pick, and I was like, like, it's almost at a point where you kind of expect that some, it's not going to be what you want. He's quite, you know, extreme in his views. And I don't know if it would make the Supreme Court very even. I see it all over the news that, like, he's, he's like, a racist. This new like, nominee is very racist, and I think it's starting a new wave of something, something very negative. And I'm really scared about what happened in the future and what choices he'll make. And so what reaction have you seen on social media today after the news? Oh, outrage, as it should be. If this is just a reoccurring thing. He keeps doing this with different positions and just doing whatever he wants, abusing his power. Just... Do, you, do, you, so do you feel like his pick is an abuse of power? Uh, basically, yeah. His entire cabinet and everyone he's chosen has been the white supremacist Legion of Doom, and it's dangerous to everyone who looks like me. Um, you feel like the Supreme Court nominee today kind of falls in that same line? Of course. This goes on and on. So these uh, these people who are supposed to be the best and the brightest of society, attending expensive universities, claiming to have knowledge of something that has not happened yet and uh, deciding what they think about it uh, beforehand. It's pretty amazing. Uh, and it shows you just how closed-minded people on the left are. They make up their mind before they have the facts. we got to run out to a break. We'll talk more about this when we come back right after these messages on America First Radio.
talk about the Supreme Court. They talk about politics. And all those sound bites you just heard, Jessica just mentioned LGBTQ, women's rights. They talk about politics and political issues. When conservatives talk about the Supreme Court, they talk about the Constitution because that is what this is about. It's not about the political views of any of these candidates. It's about interpreting the Constitution. This is Kaylee McInerney. That is at the heart of the conservative legal movement. It's reading those words on the page, understanding the original meaning and what the founders intended. It's about the process of judicial thought, not about politics. But Democrats, you'll hear this all throughout the confirmation hearings. Political uh, politics, Roe v. Wade, abortion, this is what they will say, but it's about the Constitution. Yeah, and at the end of the day... The Okay, this ahead, comes Jessica. down to the fact that Democrats believe that the Constitution is a living, breathing document. A living, breathing document that they can uh, make say whatever they need it to, to say uh, for their, you know, for their political ideology. And that is how we've gotten straight so far away from the, uh, the founders' original intent. Now, the beauty of the Constitution is it reserves to the states all of those things that are not specifically enumerated in the Constitution. Uh, Roe versus Wade was based on a so-called paramba, uh, I can't even remember the, uh, the word, parambolus of a, uh, 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 a right to privacy that is not contained anywhere in the Constitution. It's just junk law. Uh, and if, uh, if it were overturned, which uh, there, it's very much in doubt whether it would be overturned because uh, Roberts uh, declared during his confirmation hearings that he was a strict believer uh, in precedent, stare decisis, so-called, and that uh, he was not going to be revisiting settled law. But um, uh, Kaylee McInerney is absolutely right, uh, and this this Democrat talker that she was debating on Fox News uh, uh, tipped her hand. They believe in the so-called living constitution, living, breathing constitution, meaning that they can uh, interpret it and twist its words and um, it's plain, uh, text to mean whatever they want it to mean. Um, but the, the question is, you know, what effect is this going to have on the midterm elections? I think that, uh, it will excite turnout on both sides. I'm kind of leaning toward the idea that it's going to mobilize uh, Republican, uh, voters even more because they have been the one that have had to put up uh, with this ruling for what the last 45 years, is it 45 years? More like 40, 40 years, I think. Um, and, uh, and there's a huge amount of pent up, uh, frustration because of that, but we'll have to wait and see Dick Durbin for his part, uh, believes that, uh, if some of these, uh, Democrat senators, uh, from States, which Donald Trump carried, which include, uh, Claire McCaskill, um, uh, in, uh, in Missouri, uh, John Tester in Montana, um, Donnelly in Illinois, and uh, there's one other, uh, it'll come to me, but uh, the, the, uh, this, uh, this senator down in Florida, uh, Bill Nelson, is going to be uh, put on the spot as well. He, he says, Durbin says, that if some of these senators have to sacrifice their street in order to block Trump's nomination, then that's what they should do. Now, uh, imagine the p political rationale of this, uh, of this strategic genius. He is willing to lose more votes in the Senate in order to block Trump's nominee, which will give Trump's next nominee even that many more votes in order to confirm them. So the Democrats are in a real bind. Uh, apparently, uh, the bind is worse than Dick Durbin uh, realizes, but here he is with Chuck Todd talking about the SCOTUS nominee. On so many issues. And yet you have this political dilemma that stares, I think, you and Chuck Schumer really in the face as the two leaders, which is this. Um, you, staying united to stop the Supreme Court pick could cost you red state senators. Um, not fighting it as hard might allow the red state senators to get reelected and get Democrats in control of the Senate. That's your dilemma. It is a dilemma in one respect, but not in another. I will tell you, the men and women that I work with on the Democratic side really take this seriously. They understand it's an historic decision. It's about more than the next election. 
It's about what country, the United States of America, is going to chart as its course in the future on this Supreme Court. I think each and every one of them take that seriously, that personally. It goes beyond the next one. Well, we shall see. Uh, when uh, Judge when uh, Trump nominated Gorsuch uh, to the Supreme Court, uh, several of these uh, senators that uh, Dick Durbin is confident will uh, vote against Trump's nominee, in fact, voted for Gorsuch. And I don't think uh, that the dynamic has changed uh, that much. Heidi Heidkamp uh, of South Dakota is the name of the other senator uh, that is on the, the bubble uh, when it comes to uh, this vote. Because if she votes against Trump, it's going to excite uh, the Republican turnout that much more uh, against her. Uh, as I mentioned, also, Bill Nelson is, uh, is uh, losing his race to uh, Governor Scott down in Florida. And you're going to have uh, this guy, uh, Doug Jones from Alabama, have to, having to make a very tough vote as well uh, because he has to stand for re-election in 2020. He votes against uh, Trump for, uh, for a nominee. It, uh, it's going to uh, damage his uh, re-electability as well. But they're in a heck of a spot. And I, I, think, uh, I think the media uh, is, is not really appreciating how bad a spot they're in, because if these uh, these red state Democrat senators vote against Trump's pick, that's liable, uh, uh, likely to be, oh, uh, Senator Manchin as well from West Virginia is up for re-election. Joe Manchin. But uh, so there's a there's a whole bunch of them. And if they uh, if they vote against this nominee, lose their race, then uh, Trump will just come back and nominate somebody else in the next term while there will be an even larger Republican majority. And behind all of this, you've got these lunatic leftists out there, this constant uh, background noise that uh, that we're having to put up with during this rage of summer, uh, showing just how radical they are on this issue. Here's a clip of uh, Michelle Wolf. She's got... She's got this new show on Netflix where uh, Netflix has put uh, Barack and Michelle Obama on their their governing board. But Michelle Wolf was the one that uh, went to the last White House Correspondents' Dinner and made her utter ass of herself. Uh, last night on her new Netflix show, uh, she ended this uh, this this issue uh, or this uh, this segment on abortion with this little vignette. So however you feel about it, this is certainly not a matter to be made light of. Um, but um, the, the left are giving all the ammunition uh, that uh, that Republicans need in order to show or illustrate just how radical they have become and how, uh, how unthinking uh, uh, they have become when it, uh, when it comes to this issue. The radical left has really been uh, on the march uh, all summer long. I mean, you know, we had plenty of uh, examples of it uh, during the campaign and shortly after Trump's election. Uh, but uh, the way now that, uh, you know, uh, the, the lead, thought leaders uh, in the Democrat Party are, um, are validating and supporting this uh, confrontation of uh, Trump administration members and Trump supporters 
uh, is starting to trickle down into the culture where these unhinged leftists are attacking people, uh, you know, in public restaurants. You saw what happened there in San Antonio where that that leftist uh, ripped off the, uh, the, the teenage boy's uh, MAGA hat and threw a drink in his face. Um, you've seen uh, uh, this last weekend where a group of um, these Democrat socialists, they're communists, let's face it, what they are are modern-day communists, hounded Mitch McConnell when he was out in town trying to have a lunch, uh, followed him out to the car. Well, I'll, I'll give you a – here's this clip of these uh, these – uh, communists chasing Mitch McConnell down the street in uh, Louisville. If you could see this bunch, they are the most pitiful uh, looking group you ever seen just uh, morbidly obese women uh, chasing chasing this guy down the street these you know they're they're threatening him. we know where you live we know where you live um and and they think i don't you know i i wonder sometimes do they think that this is going to help their cause or are they just is it just so satisfying for them to uh to virtue signal and uh and you know uh engage in these sort of uh, uh, street theater that they can't help themselves. They're supposedly these, these people distraught over the treatment of these migrant children uh, who are separated from their parents when they're arrested, just exactly like every other American in this country is. You know, they, they now have a, a special dispensation for illegal immigrants. If you happen to be arrested illegally crossing the border, you're not separated from your, your children the way Every other American is treated when they break the law. You're given this special dispensation because, um, you know, because of this moral um, preening on behalf of the left. And these same people that are supposedly so distraught of the treatment of these migrant children are now rallying to defeat Trump's uh, Supreme Court nominee in order to save the right for abortion. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, if you enter the world of uh, Democrat politics, you are really um, uh, al- uh, Alice through the looking glass. The, the uh, contradictions and the hypocrisy are so obvious and in your face, but you have to ignore them in order to adopt this posture of moral superiority. And but from their point of view, if you resist them, and their morally superior um, uh, position, then you are, by definition, a Nazi. And they can, because you are a Nazi, engage in violence against you. And they have done it. They continue to do it. Here's a, here's a little uh, compilation. I love to put together these compilations for you of, uh, of some of the uh, examples of the unhinged leftists. A few years ago, Ideas that we talked about were thought to be fringe ideas, radical ideas, extremist ideas. Yep. ideas Sorry, we uh, run up against a break. We'll uh, we'll hear the rest of this clip when we come back right after these messages on America First Radio. abolishment of ice. I think ice should be abolished. The Socialist Equality Party demands the abolition of ice and defends the right of workers to live in any country of their choosing with full citizenship rights. We should protect families that need our help and that is not what ice is doing today and that's why I believe you should get rid of it. What would you replace it with? Nothing. No borders. No borders. If that criticism of ICE makes you sad, here's a proposal. Let's shut it the f*** down. 
down. I'm serious. It's awful. And we don't actually need it. No borders. Abolish ICE, abolish CBP, and abolish any other agency that is engaged in this sort of war against immigrants. First, we need to agree that ICE is a problem. ICE is a problem. ICE is a problem. You want open borders, correct? Yes. And I support abolishing ICE. No borders, no nations. No borders, no nations. I, uh, I don't believe in borders. I think they all need to, all borders need to be done with, so. The demographic changes of our state are inevitable. You are becoming a minority. You know, whenever you're tempted to argue with these leftists, you, you find that it's more um, uh, more of a winning argument to just let them rant uh, and, and play that back. The Republican uh, consultants that are going to be putting together ads during this upcoming election season have a real um, embarrassment of riches with which to work with because a lot of these candidates have actually come out in uh, in support of the abolition of the Immigration and Customs Enforcement Agency, and um, and they're going to be uh, they're going to have these uh, no borders uh, crowd uh, uh, just hung around their neck. The American people aren't stupid. They realize that there's about there's about four billion people in this world that would come to the United States if we didn't have borders. Well, you know, uh, probably most of those couldn't actually get here, but hundreds of millions would certainly take a, uh, take us up on that. And then we would become a third world country, very similar to the ones that they just left. But none of this matters to them. You see, because they are morally superior. They get to, they get to adopt a, a, a policy or a, propose a policy without any responsibility, uh, for the negative consequences of that policy, because they've got the Republican see who have to uh, be the grown-ups in the House, and they're the ones that have to uh, point out the consequences of those policies. Here's old Donnie Deutsch on Morning Joe on MSNBC saying that if you don't support open borders, then you are a Nazi. What has to happen now, this can no longer be about who Trump is. It has to be about who we are. If we are working towards November... We can no longer say Trump's the bad guy. If you vote for Trump, you're the bad guy. Mm -hmm. If you vote for Trump, you are ripping children from parents' arms. The mistake that we've made in the past is look at that bad guy over there. Look at that bad guy. What the Democrats have to do is make the next election a referendum. I'm not who Trump is, but who you are. If you vote for Trump, then you, the voter, you, not Donald Trump, are standing at the border like Nazis going, you here, you here. And I think we now have to flip it. And it's a given the evilness of Donald Trump. But if you vote, you can no longer separate yourself. You can't say, well, he's okay, but. And I think that gymnastics and I think that jujitsu has. So now if you support borders, something that is just common sense, something that has been the cornerstone of nationhood since the rise of the nation state, if you support borders literally you are a nazi according to the left here's michelle malkin coming on commenting on this whole dynamic is becoming more and more unhinged uh, among these open borders uh, protesters and if they think that they're doing their cause a, a, a service they are wildly deluded um, i think uh, republicans really just should stand back and and watch it and let it unfold in a way because um the idea of abolishing ice is crazy and these people look crazy invading uh the public spaces of politicians and public figures who are defending law enforcement and homeland security it's one thing to express in a vigorous way your opposition to a politician's policies. It's quite another to 
do this kind of thing and essentially ostracize people that you disagree with. And it's very dangerous because uh, everybody's been warning, well, I'm, I'm afraid something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. Well, things have happened. They happened to Steve Scalise. Uh, they happened to the offices of the Family Research Council, which uh, was the subject of a targeted shooting by a crazy person uh, a couple of years ago. And um, they've now had death threats against people like Ajit Pai, the FCC commissioner, Lee Zeldin, a congressman whose uh, headquarters in, in uh, New York um, were just targeted this week. He almost, uh, there was a, a crazy person who almost ran over a volunteer. Or Brian Mast in Florida, another mm. congressperson whose children were threatened. Yeah. It's out of control. It is totally and completely out of control. I think uh, there is going to be a huge backlash against this uh, this leftist lunacy come November. I hope I'm right. Um, I, I think that that will only serve to further inflame this group, and they will force themselves further and further out on the political fringe. And then the Democrat Party at some point is going to have to decide whether or not they want to um, you know, pull back from the, uh, uh, from the abyss and, uh, and actually start representing American people, come up with some policies, some actual policies that benefit the American people instead of just constantly promoting this victimhood and this identity politics and trying to generate resentment and vilification of your political opponents. I don't know if they're uh, actually equipped to do that anymore. You got Tom Perez who is a profoundly stupid individual who is, uh, is aligned almost completely. Remember he said that this, uh, this, uh, um, Cortez, um, uh, I can't remember her first name. Uh, this Cortez, this uh, Democrat socialist that was elected in Queens and, uh, in the Bronx was the future of the Democrat party. That's because he is ideologically aligned with that. Now, he came up in a Democrat party where he wasn't allowed to admit that because it would have been political suicide. But at this point, uh, the Democrat National Committee is headed by someone who believes that the future of the Democrat party is socialism. And this brand of socialism that they're promoting, have no doubt about it. The only way you can implement it is through all the, uh, through the ways that all the other leftist regimes in history have been implemented, and that is through force and tyranny. They've got to take what you have in order to give it to somebody else. And that creates a, uh, a cycle where uh, the incentive to work and be productive is less and less, so you have fewer and fewer people to take it from. And what you end up with is a failed state like Venezuela or Cuba or the Soviet Union, for that matter. We've got just a little while left. I want to bring you up to speed on something that happened in Germany, because this is uh, really very indicative of what uh, uh, what goes on uh, when you allow one of these leftist governments to get control. They start uh, implementing um, restrictions on the First Amendment, and the people can't even be aware of what's happening to them, so that they can, uh, you know, they can adjust them uh, the, their opinions and their political uh, beliefs and votes accordingly. This happened back in April. Uh, it was only reported in the German media, but it's uh, it's recently started to uh, appear in um, in English language social media. Uh, one of these Muslim migrants uh, that uh, Angela Merkel um, welcomed with open arms without any sort of vetting or any any sort of uh, restrictions. This guy in a, uh, a, a train station in Hamburg, Germany, on the platform, pulled out a knife and beheaded his one-year-old daughter right there on the platform. And then he stabbed his wife, the child's mother, to death. And the reason there hasn't been more backlash of this in Germany is because while the media has been allowed to report on the death of the murder, uh, uh, the mother, the murder of the mother, they have been forbidden to report on the beheading of this little one-year-old baby. 
Police spokesman Timo Zill said the murders were very targeted, so it wasn't terrorism per se. It was honor killings. Honor killings are a basic staple uh, in a lot of these Muslim countries. This is, uh, this is something that we are importing into Western nations. In beheading the baby Madhu, that's the name of this guy. What's his name? Uh, Maltaro Madhu. In beheading the baby, Madhu also utilizes a form of killing uh, favored by Islamic jihadists, uh, heeding uh, the injunction in the Quran. When you meet unbelievers, strike their necks. In response, the Merkel government didn't open an investigation into honor killings or of Muslim migrant crime. It didn't commission a study of Islamic theology or culture, the effects of which are having a huge negative impact in Germany. Instead, Angela Merkel's government banned German media from reporting on the decapitated baby. Why the gag order? Well, clearly, Merkel is facing a strong backlash against her government for this, uh, this disastrous decision that she made in 2015, and she's trying to keep a lid on it. And you see this in a lot of the Western European democracies. They try to suppress inconvenient truths uh, so that they can continue the, these, uh, these policies until it's too late for the people to, um, uh, to rise up and, uh, and, and install another government and take a different direction. Well, on tomorrow's show, we're going to get deep into the, the president's Supreme Court pick. I hope you will join us then. Right back here for another edition of America First Radio. As you make plans this season, consider convenient COVID-19 testing from Quest. Get the same test hospitals use without a doctor visit. Simply order online, select from drive through or at-home options, and get the results sent securely to your phone or computer. It's a great fit for your busy life. With over 20 million COVID-19 tests processed, you can count on Quest. So order your test today at questcovid19.com. That's questcovid19.com. The N-OLED display in the Cadillac Escalade has 38 total diagonal inches of color display. So why do we give it a curve too? I guess you could say we like to bend the rules. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade never stop arriving.